0: Everybody, welcome in game day edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios here in Lexington, Kentucky. Takes on Arkansas tonight, seven o'clock tip Eastern Time in Rupp Arena, as Kentucky looks once again to shake off a three-game losing streak. Arkansas, fourteen and five, six and four in the league, and we'll talk about that and more today. That matchup and more. Uh, with John Clay of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Uh, Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com. And the Hogs radio play-by-play voice, Chuck Barrett. That's our guest lineup. Rolls us into the Wildcat news of the day. Arkansas has won four of its last five coming into this game after going through a rough patch. Well, the uh, Indiana transfer, Justin Smith, was out with an injury during that rough patch, so that might have had a lot to do with it. Uh, the Hogs have... Uh, Scored 20 or more points off turnovers nine times this season. So that would be at the top of the list of stats to be concerned about if you're looking at the matchup for Kentucky and its propensity for turning the ball over. Three times in the last five games, they've scored 20 or more off turnovers. Now, this is Arkansas's first game in a week. They had a game, I think it was against Texas A&M, that was postponed last week because of uh, COVID-19. Rebounding will be a key stat to watch in the four SEC games that the Hogs have lost, plus their loss to Oklahoma State. They were out-rebounded in each of those defeats. They are 12-1 and when they out-rebound their opponents this season. Uh, but you really have to look at their games from uh, when they started playing in conference play because they played nobody <laughs> in the non-conference. So they went 8 0 Uh, But about anybody would have gone 8-0. But since conference play, they're 6-4. And, And, uh, again, the rough patch that they had where they lost 4 out of 5 to good teams, Missouri, Tennessee, LSU, and Alabama, uh, is when uh, Smith Smith missed three of those games and then was just coming out of the injury and wasn't at full strength when they lost the uh, fourth one to Bama. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, Cal talked about Terrence Clark on the radio show last night on the UK network. Said that the doctors have determined that Terrence needs another four weeks. So, uh, Cal said there were some tears shed uh, both him and the player yesterday. Uh, that effectively, if that timetable holds true, effectively means that you know he, I, I wouldn't think he would play again this season. Uh, Cal didn't say come out and say that, but you know four weeks. Uh, that puts you, you know, at a uh, timetable where you're you know, he would be back for the SEC tournament, um, if uh, that was uh, even a possibility. So uh, I guess there's a, a slim chance, but uh, I don't think anybody's expecting that uh, he will suit up for the Wildcats this season. Uh, one football note, running backs coach Jamal Singleton is leaving for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was just here for a short time. Came in from the Bengals, uh, was going to coach running backs for Kentucky, and now is uh, headed off to the Eagles to be their running back's coach and assistant head coach. Um, so uh, assuming just uh, an opportunity too good for him to pass up. So Coach Singleton wasn't with us for long, and now Mark Stoops needs to fill another vacancy on his staff. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, we well, can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page. That is at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And when we come back, we will visit with John Clay from the Lexington Herald-Leader here on the Leach Report Radio Network.
1: It's the Leech
2: Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones.
0: To the KentuckyHempWorks.com online, we bring on John Clay from the Lexington Herald Leader and KentuckySports.com. Uh, and uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit about the Kentucky-Arkansas matchup here in a minute, but I want to start with a couple of recent uh, things John has written in the Herald Leader. Uh, one about, uh, Coach Cal and the headline says, I know you don't write the headlines, but, uh, the headline says, let the haters hate, but count John Calipari out at your own risk. Uh, so John, your, your job's to, uh, write things that will get people thinking and talking and then long before there was social media the newspaper business encouraged feedback so uh you're used to that what kind of feedback have you gotten
3: uh well uh, both sides Uh, i've gotten uh yeah i got feedback from people you know agreeing i mean the gist of the column is basically i mean cal this has been a bad year cal's had a bad year but uh i think this talk of the game is passing by and you know, that sort of thing, I think, is uh, uh, definitely premature. I think some of the arguments about uh, Cal, you know, he's uh, been here too long, the system doesn't work, uh, I think are misguided. Uh, and I, I think Cal has always been a fighter. I think he's always pictured himself as a fighter. He's fought his way up through the coaching ranks. Uh, and you know, I think he'll fight back. I think if you, I think it's, uh, I think it's foolish to count Cal out. And I've got a lot of people agree with that. I've got some people who don't, who don't agree and have let me know that they don't agree. Uh, I think one of the, uh, what I've heard from the people who don't agree with me is they think that Cal has a stubborn streak and that he won't change, uh, because of his personality and his stubborn streak. I don't know that I think Cal can be stubborn on some things. And, uh, but I think that, the uh, uh but I think he's always been able to adapt. I don't think he would have lasted this long. I don't think any coach would have lasted this long if you don't adapt. You know, this thing about, you know, the game the game has changed. Yeah, the game's changed. The game is always changing. The game is never the same. The only the only constant of the game is is your is your as Eddie Sutton used to say, you're trying to get the best shot you can possibly get. You're trying to keep the other team from getting the best shot they can possibly get. Uh, but the other parts of it are always changing and I think any coach that's lasts as long as Cal and as successful as Cal is always adapting
0: you know the uh, whether it's stubborn uh, whether it's determined you I mean depending on your point of view you can pick uh, pick your word but you you look at his uh, history and you would think that uh, you know having adversity would be right in his wheelhouse in terms of, right. uh, kind of trying to come back from it
3: Right, yeah, that's kind of the point I made about being a fighter. That you know, they would, that he would you know fight back. The other thing I hear about the uh from people is they're tired of the one and done. They're tired of having a new roster every year. Uh You know, they're tired of that, and they especially tired now that they're losing. <laughs> you didn't hear so much. You heard a little bit about that grumbling about that's the winning. But mostly now, what
0: they're tired now. about.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mostly what they're tired about right now is losing, being five and twelve in Kentucky's. Not supposed to be, you know, five and twelve. And I think the game is going to change in that regard in a couple of ways. I think the G League is going to be more of a factor uh, with kids jumping directly from uh, high school into the G League. And I think the uh, new transfer rule, whenever that come, goes into effect, whenever the NCAA finally votes on it, I think it's going to change things because we're going to see even more movement among players between rosters. But I think Cal, I think Cal will adapt to that. I think he'll uh, learn to adapt to that. I mean, there's whole thing about, you know, I looked it up and I put it in the column too. You know, some of this, you know, you, you know, you a coach shouldn't stay in one place too long. You look at the top three teams right now on the AP poll, uh, Mark Fuse in his 22nd year, Gonzaga, Scott Drews in his 18th year at Baylor, uh, Jay Wrights and, uh, you know, I think I don't have it in front of me, but like 20th year, maybe even longer than that at Villanova. I don't think anybody would say that they've become stale in their jobs. Uh, so uh, I, I I discount that argument as well.
0: Uh, we're talking with John Clay uh, from the Lexington Herald-Leader and uh, KentuckySports.com. Um, you know, I wonder, with Cal, there was a line, I can't remember the exact line, but it was something to the effect of, you know, part of the, the key here and, and having the reliance on... Uh, young players that he had from the start was getting the right people on the bus. I think it was the Energy Bus right. book. Maybe that's what it was in reference to several years ago. But getting the right people on the bus. Do you think part of it could be that it's been harder to to know if you've got the right people or the people that are ready to succeed in the first year, maybe. Could be the right people, but it just might take longer. Given that you couldn't... The way recruiting changed relative to the coronavirus and opportunities to have yeah, okay. you know visits and on campus visits and in home visits, et cetera?
3: Well, you know that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's an interesting point. I I, I think if you talk to any coach, the recruiting process over the past year, year and a half uh, wow. has been a lot different because of the coronavirus. Uh, I think you know other factors that make it you know make it different. Uh, but I think that's a very good point about um, having the right people. Um, you know, I'm a big Springsteen guy, and uh, and and you read his biography that or autobiography that he wrote. One of the things he said when he was coming up through bands on the circuit, uh, you know, as a as a young man trying to make it as a musician, he found out the best musicians don't always make the best band. You have to have the right people in the band, and I think that's true of basketball, and I think that's true. Any team when you're making roster construction. Really, when you think about it with Cal, it's a wonder this hasn't happened before. It's almost been like he's walking a tightrope every year because he has, you know, he has so many new players. Um, you know, and he 's trying to and cows always had that magic touch of being able to get these players together get their get them to check their egos at the door, get them to sacrifice for a common cause, and to figure out what 's the best way that they can play uh Joel Justice made the point yesterday when we were talking to him, and I think it 's a very valid point uh, No two teams that cows had have played exactly the same way he 's been able to alter the way he coaches and alters the way he schemes things up to kind of fit their talents and usually takes him a little while to figure it out. But once he figures out, here's the best way we need to play, you know, then they, they do that and they, you know, they make a run um, for whatever reason this year, they just haven't been able to do that. And I think part of it is, I think this talent level of this team is not quite as good as some of the talent level, of the other teams. And you throw that in with the, that he's had, and then you throw that in with all the other factors, like we've talked about with COVID, you know, a, a different summer, you no know, real preseason, the, no gimme games early on at the year to build their confidence. And it's all been kind of a perfect storm that's come together, that's made it. But the, I, I never in my wildest dreams, even with all that, that I think they'd be 5-12 and 12 right now.
0: Talk with John Clay from the Herald-Leader. We'll take a quick break and come back with one more segment. Larry Vaught and Arkansas radio voice Chuck Barrett coming up in the second half of the show. Kentucky and Arkansas tonight at Rupp Arena. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You're
2: tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, and visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. One
0: of the founding members of the Supremes has passed, Mary Wilson was uh, 76, it uh, was actually going to be 77 in a uh, little less than a month. Uh, that's probably my favorite uh, Supreme song. They were legendary Motown artists. Supremes uh, fan, John?
3: Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: I don't know how you couldn't absolutely. be. That sounds too good.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, that yeah. is a great, uh, great sound. Uh, let's get back to um, another thing you were um, Writing about uh, actually this one posted today, this is in the sidelines blog. What Kentucky basketball needs is more players like Emmanuel quickly, who stayed around for a second year, uh, grew and developed, um, and, and now is off to a, a great start in the NBA. Um, what I wonder, John, is uh, you know with the rule change that we all assume is kicking in with uh, unlimited transfers, um, that do you think number one there will be some holdovers on this team into next year, and number two, uh, will it be as important uh, now moving forward to uh, recruit transfers as much as freshmen?
3: Yeah, uh, I would think bo- yes to both those. I think uh, surely. I mean, you'll probably have you know some guys go uh, <clears throat> go on and go pro despite the season you know that Kentucky's having. Uh, I mean, uh, the problem is when, to me, the problem is when you have guys go that aren't ready to go, and, uh, then, you, and you, obviously retention helps, you know, institutional knowledge, uh, you know, experience, all that stuff helps, uh, and, but I think they've been hurt in the past when they've had guys go who aren't ready to go. If they'd stuck around for another year, would have helped both themselves and the team. That was sort of my point with Emmanuel, quickly. And the other thing, too, I think a lot of the times these kids think that, if, well, if I don't go after one year, you know, I'm going to be behind or I'm going to get lost. And I think quickly proves. And they've had other guys, P.J. Washington uh, the year before. Uh, I Look at Nick Richards. Nick Richards stayed three years. He made the Charlotte opening day roster. Now he may have to play, I think the G League actually is starting up uh, tomorrow they're playing like a month schedule uh, down at Disney World. They're not playing the regular G League schedule. Now he may have to play some in the G League, but I think uh, no credit to him that he made the Charlotte roster coming right out. You don't have to leave after one year, and and I don't begrudge the kids who are leaving after one year, ready to go, uh, and for you know economic circumstances feel like it's their time to go you know, I think that's great. I think they should be allowed to do that, um, you know, and I think that's fine, but not everybody needs to go, and I think Quickly is, is an example of that, but yes, I think definitely with the new, uh, which we think is coming, I think it's already changed somewhat with the graduate transfer, and I think with the one-time waiver coming, it'll definitely be that, uh, you know, uh, the, the transfers will be a big deal for every program, and not just getting the best one, beginning the right one. And I look at Carlick Jones at Louisville. I mean, he went from a graduate, he's a graduate transfer, but he went from Radford to where, you know, if he's not the best player in the ACC this year, he's pretty darn close. So, uh, you know, that's just look how much he's improved the Louisville program this year. So I think there's going to be a lot of examples of that moving forward.
0: You look around the, the country and a lot, I think uh, your colleague Mark Story wrote about this, uh, maybe for today, about um, all the, the veteran presence on the best teams uh, that Uh, are at the top of the polls this year and you look in the sec uh alabama and missouri to uh surprise teams with how well they've done two of the most experienced teams in the league if kentucky has some holdovers uh and you know maybe they add uh you know they added chibwe maybe they had another transfer or two and, and suddenly they're older it may flip in kentucky's favor next year to where you know, a lot of these teams are going to lose players, and Kentucky suddenly right. will go from extremely young to uh, much more experienced.
3: Right. I mean, which is <laughs> which is sort of the way it used to be, right, Tom? When we were growing up, you had a team yeah. that was a veteran team. You'd have juniors and seniors, and you know they would lose those guys. Uh, lose the seniors, and, and, you know, they would have to almost start all over again. Of course, some teams started at higher planes than others, and then they were building towards, you know, in a year or two, they would be right back in the, you know, right back in position to make a national championship run Uh, so we may be returning to more of that i think a lot of the thing this year with the older teams is because it's been such an unusual season it just makes sense that the guys who have played together before who know you know what's going on inside the program what to do what not to do instead of coming in and learning for the first time we're going to be in a better position to deal with covid and everything that's going on than a bunch of newcomers which unfortunately you know, Cal found himself in. I think it's also kind of a misnomer that Cal, you know, that he always has an all new team. I mean, that's not true. I mean, if you look back at last year, Hagens was a sophomore, quickly was a sophomore, uh, EJ Montgomery was a sophomore, Richards was a junior. It was an all new freshman. And even if you look back, you know, it's, you know, they, they, we all like to point to Darius Miller being on the championship team. Uh, Terrence Jones had come back that year. Uh, it's Derhamid. not always new, all new guys. This year, Cal, he had all new guys, especially with Keon Brooks being hurt the first part of the year. And it was just a really bad time to have all new guys.
0: Indeed it was. John, thank you much for the time. Thank you, Tom. You read the stories we're talking about at KentuckySports.com or pick up the Lexington Herald-Leader. Uh, we're halfway home on this edition of the Leech Report. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Larry all to join us. We come right back. And then Chuck Bear, the radio play by play voice, and the Razorbacks, also coming up in the second half of the show. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios.
2: This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and The Leech Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio.
0: Second half of the Leach Report, we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. bring on Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com and uh, at VaughtsViews on Twitter. Uh, coming to us from Myrtle Beach, where I don't think there's probably any ice, is there?
1: No, there, there is not. There's no there's no 70-degree <laughs> no weather, but it's still a lot, lot, lot warmer than where you are, Tom.
0: Yeah, everybody, uh, try to, uh, do your best to stay safe. It could be some crazy weather depending on where you live. You could get snow, sleet, freezing rain, or just rain, uh, from the, the top of Kentucky to the bottom over the, the next few days. As, uh, the Cats get set to, uh, head into action tonight against, uh, Arkansas, uh, and at this point, uh, they're at a spot at 5 and 12 where if, if they won out, uh, they'd, they'd be at 500, so there's uh, no uh, discussion of an NCAA tournament at, at large opportunity anymore. A lot of people thought it's been gone for a while anyway, but uh, the, I think mathematically it was still there. I think that's gone now, but what they can do is uh, put themselves in a position to uh, get in a better frame of mind, uh, have, have a shot when the SEC tournament rolls around. Larry, you and I go back as far as, you know, 79, Kentucky um, had a disappointing season coming off the national championship year. And they were probably good enough to make the NCAA – well, they were good enough to make the NCAA tournament that season if it's like it is – if it was then – like – if it is, uh, was then like it is now, they would have uh, – that team would have made it. But didn't take multiple, th- that many teams from a league, et cetera. So they – um uh, had to win the SEC tournament to get in, and they nearly did it in the first year the tournament was brought back.
1: Yeah, and that was the year where they had such a weird setup where they had to play a lot more g- games than what uh, the, the other the top two teams did, and they changed the format after that. But that was they went on a great uh, run there at the tournament, and, and like I said, that that team w- was good enough in a sixty four team field; they would have easily been been in the tournament. So. It's something that these guys on the Kentucky team now, they just have to see. We're going to see how much pride they have, how much willpower they have, and how hard they want to fight. Because, I mean, I know none of them signed up to come here ever thinking they've been on a team that's 5-12, and 12, and different people respond different ways. I think we all are in agreement that John Calipari is as baffled as anybody. I mean, between listening to him after games, and I listened to him with you last night, Tom. I think he's... Searching, grasping, wondering, just like everybody else is, and I think even the players are. But I, I, I don't know. You, you keep thinking the next game, something will have to get better, or they'll have to overcome this, and they'll be able to do it. And then just something else happens, and and they can't. So, and now we know Terrence Clark isn't going to come riding in and and save or be a, uh, anybody that can really give them a, a potential spark because they're going to be without him. So, it is what it is now.
0: I saw something, I think it was on KSR from Aaron Torres, where he did some research. And in the 12 losses, uh, Kentucky has been, I think, within a possession of the lead, either in the lead or within a possession of the lead, at uh, some point in the final 13 minutes of all 12 of the losses. And they've lost them all. Uh, Yeah. And you would, you know, that's where the exasperation, I'm sure, comes from from a coach. You think, you know, at some point you're going to break through and, you know, uh, get a couple of those, and uh, they keep finding ways to uh, keep it from happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they just split those, then they're sitting there. You you know, the record is just flipped almost, and you would think that's certainly not an impossibility to think if you're in the game with 10 minutes or so to go that they think that you would win at least half of them. And in Kentucky's case, you're usually could have like, win a lot more than half of them. So they've had opportunities, but either they go through periods where they just cannot score or they go through periods where they can't stop the other team or they go through periods where they just make a couple of careless turnovers. So it, it just seems like it's never just always the same thing, but the result always ends up the same.
0: Let me uh, chat with you about a story you have up at vaultviews dot com. This one's uh, back a few posts. It was on uh, Olivier Sar and uh, and pressure, and there was a story in the Athletic yesterday where uh, Seth Davis got uh, the chance to, I guess, get coaches to go anonymously. Um, with him and talk about uh, the various teams in a lot of different leagues. And when they got to the SEC in Kentucky, uh, one of the things they uh, talked about, was a couple of things, you know, B.J. Boston and his struggles. Then they talked about Sar and how um, his issues may be more psychological than, than physical and dealing with the, the pressure of, you know, coming into a program like Kentucky. And uh, you wrote about uh, some comments Bruce or Flint made when he did the media session, I think, last week. Uh, talking about that and I wonder uh, if there's a part of this for these guys uh, that they are going to experience the the downside of of struggling uh, through social media reaction but They don't get any of the positive side where, you know, if they're out around campus going to classes, they'd get some encouragement. I mean, you know, it's just human nature. People are going to, you know, come at you on social media anonymously much more than they ever would face-to-face, especially if you're seven feet tall. So, you know, he'd be going around campus, he'd be getting encouragement. At the games, there'd be cheering, people asking for autographs even after a loss, all those kinds of things that just make you feel a little better. They get none
1: of that in these times. No, and they spend probably a lot more time on social media than they would normally because no matter how much you tell people not to right now, I mean, including me, you find yourself, if you're not out doing things, you just kind of click on and look whether you should or shouldn't. And it did surprise me a little bit when Bruiser talked about the big difference in the pressure in the ACC on Olivier versus the pressure at Kentucky. I guess we just get so used to being around it, we don't think about it that way, and you just think a guy that's played against Duke, North Carolina, and all for three years, that you know he's going to be fine when he gets here, but apparently that's not the case, and I think Olivier, you can tell, doesn't have an, an abundance of confidence out there sometimes that he probably is thinking instead of just reacting and, and playing, and then he's been prone, and then you c- c- compound that with the way he just gets so many, I don't want to say useless fouls, but but <laughs> fouls that just kind of drive you crazy and seem to get him in foul trouble almost every game.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, he's a guy that they would like to, you know, Play, Cal uses the term "play through," but you know, go, going back as far as the Notre Dame game, he said they wanted to play through Olivier. And uh, there's ga- you know, games like the last one where you know he's maybe played well, and then he's out for a long stretch. And he entered the second half with one foul, and you think, okay, this is the game where you know we'll have him for the whole second half, and then he gets in foul trouble uh, instantly.
1: Yeah, and again, m- most of his fouls are the kind you just say, "Why? Why did you do that?" I mean, the illegal screens or the reaching in way away from the basket right. and, and things. So it's just the little things that he just needs to clean up. But then again, you think you're 17 games into the season, you ought to have those cleaned up. And now, cause like I say, it's not like he's a kid just coming out of high school that's had to learn. But again, it's been a, been a huge, huge problem for him.
0: And the uh, frustrating things you go through, go down about the whole roster and just think. You know, yeah, these little things, you know, for everybody's got their got their uh, issues that you'd love to be able to uh, uh, help. I guess that's where uh, what Cal's wrestling with. You'd like to help them get through that to to take it to a higher level. Me, I get to a football point. I see uh, Scott Paget's uh, Scott and and Cynthia Paget's son, uh, both former Wildcat athletes. Lucas uh, is a preferred walk-on for UK football out of Alabama, six four two eighty-five center. That's cool to see.
1: Yeah, I saw that this morning too, and that's uh, that's it, really pretty cool. Scott's uh, other son, I think, is a walk-on for him out at uh, I can't remember if it's New Mexico or New Mexico State, where he's helping coach now. So it's a pretty athletic family, and I think uh, it's it's nice to see Lucas come up here. I mean, Scott always thought he was going to be a pretty special football player, and I think to have a chance to come up and play for Kentucky, and it wouldn't surprise me in a couple of years if we don't see him find a way to get on the field.
0: Yeah, I, I think that you see that uh, certainly in, in football. Um, he uh, was invited to play the Blue-Grey All-America Bowl uh, All-Star Game in January. Uh, had some offers from CUSA schools and, and some Ivy League programs. But you see this in football, and I think especially maybe even more so in uh, in the trenches uh, where a guy just, uh, if you get the got the work ethic, sometimes they uh, find their way onto the field.
1: They sure do, I think everybody i've ever talked to about this young man he's uh he's got the work ethic he's a pretty stout young man and and works out a lot and and had a really good high school career so i was a little surprised to see him go ahead and opt to come here as the walk-on but but again i I think he's a kid that down the road could play and probably end up being on scholarship also
0: and you know with guys like charles walker david bouvier that came in as walk-ons and uh, developed into key contributors, and you can go back further and find more. Uh, I saw where uh, Harold Dennis's son, Trey, from Sayre, uh, has uh, gotten a preferred walk-on spot as a wide receiver, too.
1: Yeah, and, and that's really nice to see. I mean, <laughs> Harold's one of the great, great stories at, at Kentucky, and to see his son uh, have a chance to come follow along with his dad, that's going to that's gonna be pretty, pretty special uh, also going forward.
0: Larry, safe travels back from South Carolina. Thank you for the time.
1: That is, if I do come back, Tom, I, I might just stay here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Given what's coming to Kentucky, I'd say that uh, would not be a bad audible to call right now. Thank you, Larry. Yeah. All right. You can read him at Uh Also hear him in the uh, Lexington Market on our flagship station, WLAP, on the Sunday Morning Sports Talk Show uh, with Anthony White, Curtis Birch, Bo Robinson on Sundays. Coming up. We'll chat with Chuck Barrett from the Arkansas Radio Network on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington.
2: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter, at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom.
0: Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We bring on Chuck Barrett. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, uh, Chuck, I'm looking at Arkansas' worksheet here. They lost to Oklahoma State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge by four of a good Oklahoma State team. Other than that, they just had the rough patch at the beginning of uh, the new year with losses to Missouri, Tennessee, LSU, and Alabama. And in preparing for the game tonight, just looking through the notes, it uh, looks like that coincided with Justin Smith's injury, right?
2: Yeah, that was a big blow. He's, uh, um, you know, he's, He brings a toughness inside that I think they've lacked, and he's a smart player. He's a veteran player and knows how to play the game. I think over the last five, he's averaging
0: 12.5 and 7.
2: So, you know, those are good numbers, and those are numbers that you need, and they really missed him when he wasn't in there.
0: Yeah, it's funny sometimes a guy like that, you know, whether it's a glue guy that the term is used sometimes or whatever i was just looking it's not like he's been a big scorer it's not like he's had you know a bunch of 20 point games but clearly you look at the correlation between when he was out and how the team did uh he's just very important to them
2: well he's their best pick and roll defender and i think if you go back and you look at some of those games where arkansas struggled they could not defend the other team's pick and roll and um he's their best player inside and and um, a lot of things defensively fell apart, frankly, on the interior when he wasn't in there and you know he 's a good offensive rebounder he's a good uh, you know he 's a good defensive rebounder too, but he 's a guy that can give you some stick back points but but more than anything, I think they missed his interior defense and If you go back and you watch the games when he was out, Arkansas really struggled in that area.
0: When uh, they are playing well, as they are now, 1-4 out of 5, and the only loss was the close one to Oklahoma State, uh, what are they doing best?
2: You know, they like to get out in transition. Uh, this is a team that, you know, must only goes about, you know, 8 or 9, and, and really it's closer to 8 than 8 and 9, and um, they like to get out in transition. This is a team that you know, there's 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 a mix of veteran players and young players, but they're all new. I mean, only Desi Sills, who will play tonight, has played against Kentucky. So, you know, it's been one of those situations where they've kind of learned on the fly. Um, there are times in the half court they still look out of sync offensively. Their biggest issue has been protecting the ball. Uh, when they can avoid turnovers and get out in transition, they're pretty good. Um, Jalen Tate's a transfer point guard from from Northern Kentucky, and he's uh, he's been really good since conference play. In fact, when you look at this winning streak, he's been their leading scorer, and he's become more of a scorer than he was. And um, I think he's made a real difference. But but when you see him struggle, a lot of times it's in the half court. But when they're you know when they're out in transition, they're a pretty good offensive team.
0: Yes, Coach Musselman will be well equipped for the the way we all think the landscape's going to change in college sports with respect to transfers, because he's always had a lot of success in that game, right?
2: You know he does, and I mean as a staff, they, uh, I mean they study the portal. They, uh, you know, they had a plan when last season ended in terms of how they were going to utilize it, and I'm sure they'll have one this year too. And you know, it's it's basically free agency in college sports, not for everybody, but. Um, for a lot of players out there. And yeah, that's the way it's going. You know, and, and, and Cal's done this over the years. I know they're struggling this year, but it'll be a one-off year in that regard. There's a real knack to assembling a team. Lots of guys can go out and, and, and recruit good players. Uh, there's a lot of good players out there, but there's a knack for assembling a team with new guys in a short amount of time. And, I think Muss is pretty good at that. Um, you know, the early indications are that he's pretty good at that. So I think that's a pattern we'll probably see, see follow in the coming years.
0: Yeah, I was just uh, talking to uh, one of our earlier guests, and, you know, where Cal's assembling of a new team generally happens with recruits as opposed to transfers, and that, uh, yeah, I wonder if, some of the restrictions on, you know, campus visits and in-home visits in the recruiting process in this last year, um, you know, could have uh, impacted you know, the the guys that he brought in or who he needed to. If he if I'm bringing this guy in, I need to have you know certain type of guy around him, that kind of thing.
2: You know, it's an interesting point because you know the transfer portal this year was one of those situations where. And, and and I kind of think it's going to be this way every year anyway. I don't think for a guy that's entering the transfer portal like an upperclassman, I don't think he's got to go visit the other school. I, I, I don't think that's what he's after. I think he's after a place where he can play. They all think they're going to go pro or they wouldn't be transferring to get into a better situation, a lot of these grad transfers anyway. So um, it, it is different recruiting a, a, a transfer portal kid as opposed to a freshman. Um, it, it When you're 17 and 18, the you know, the parents are involved and they want to visit and they want to, you know, obviously the kid wants to visit. He's got a lifetime decision to make. But these transfer portal kids, they're looking to better themselves right away, and, and I don't think they're as concerned about where they do it as, and where they go as maybe a high school kid would be.
0: Yeah, probably true. Um, anything in particular that Arkansas has, uh, has struggled with? Uh, you mentioned the pick-and-roll defense without Smith. Anything else?
2: Well, when they've struggled, they've turned the ball over. And, uh, um, you know, I think the turnover numbers have been a little bit higher than, than maybe they would, they would like. Now, they've forced turnovers, too. And, and uh, you know, I think that's, that's obviously what they want to do tonight. But when Arkansas struggled, they've 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 not valued the ball as much as they should. Um, And again, I kind of think that goes back to the fact that you know this has been such a strange season. In the fact, you know, the non-conference season was different. All the preparation was different. If you've got a team with new players, I, I I I think it's been more of a struggle this year than maybe other years. And. Um, I think Arkansas gave the ball away a lot when they were still, you know, early in conference play and kind of getting used to playing one another against better teams, uh, you know, playing with one another against better teams because their non-conference schedule wasn't all that great. And, um, so I think there were some growing pains in that regard. If they keep the turnovers down, they're pretty good because they shoot the ball well. He's, he's, he's got plenty of scorers. Um, and, and, and that'll be a key tonight, I figure, for both teams,
0: honestly. Chuck, thank you much, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, catch up at the SEC tournament if we get to go.
2: (laughs) I hope so, too, Tom. Always good to visit with you. Thank you.
0: We'll we'll come back, close out this edition of the Leafs Report in just a moment. Congrats to Quentin Bohanna. He's been invited to the NFL Combine. And Aaron Fox, named NBA Western Conference Player of the Week, and uh, our um, Wildcat history note is a birthday. Our buddy Winston Bennett celebrating a birthday today. Say happy birthday to Winston if you cross paths with him today. We will see you tomorrow. Dick Gabriel pinch hitting for me here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreports at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on the Leach Report.